Father, thank you for this day that you've given us. And I, I do say Father in every sense of the word, because whether we were raised with what we would call a really good dad, or we had there was some dysfunction on our relationship with our dad, or may still be, we know one that's always a good dad. Good, good father. Yes, he is. And we thank you for that, Lord. And this morning, Lord, we just pray that your spirit would minister right now as we spend the next few moments looking into your word. I just trust, Lord, that something that is said and done will just touch someone's heart to change the direction that we are going today, Lord, that we will just... We, we would just sense that you're speaking to us, Lord, and somehow just hide me behind what you want to say today so, Lord, that people will hear God speaking to them uh, through his word today. Holy Spirit, we ask you for this, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Father's Day. Things I didn't know about my father. There are many things I still don't understand about my father, I, and I'm very thankful my father is still alive. Uh, I was talking to him already this morning. Um, even though I don't understand everything about my father, at this stage in my life, I trust him because he is my father. What I want to talk to you about today for a few moments is some things I didn't originally know about my father, but now that I do know, it gives me confidence for my present and my future. Of course, at this point, I'm not talking so much about my earthly father, but actually my heavenly father. I'm going to share with you seven things, and I've already told someone I don't usually have seven points in a message, so you give that ten minutes each. Uh, if you have some reason why you need to eat, uh, you probably will be leaving halfway through. Not, not. I'm not serious at all. I was just trying to, I, I was thinking about some of those words I should have used. But anyway, I'm not going to be that long. But there are seven things I want to talk to you about that I, I got to constantly remind myself of them or the, the enemy and the world will nudge me off track as I strive to live for Jesus and as a dad be the father that I'm supposed to be. By the way, this being Father's Day, there are aspects to all of these things that earthly fathers can apply uh, to their families. Uh, these are all found in the prayer that Jesus taught his first disciples, and I'm, you, you would probably recognize it in a different way because I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but it's found in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And we, we, we call it the Lord's Prayers. Actually, was Jesus teaching his first disciples how to pray when they asked him, would you teach us how to pray? They noticed something about his life, his prayer life, that they said, would you, would you teach us how to pray? And, and here's the model, here's the pattern. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So let's jump right in here. Number one, my father wants a relationship with me. Our father wants a relationship with you. Now the first four words of the prayer was our father in heaven. Just want to read a quote here for you. Jesus begins with the simple word father. And, and we need to kind of go back into context 
the, the, the Israelites, the Jews, uh, the, and the Aramaic word used here, and you, many, many of you have heard already so many times, Haba, which is uh, an informal name for, that's translated daddy. Jesus used an intimate word for our intimate God, and this was a shock to this, these current disciples in the New Testament age. They were used to former salutations and dressing God. They were no longer they were no longer addressing a deity when G, after Jesus told them how to pray, who was way up there somewhere. But he was their father. He was their dad. And as someone said, it was a revolutionary thought for the Jewish mind that of that day that God wanted you to call him father. But that's what Jesus was teaching. God wants a close and intimate relationship with us, end of quote. God is showing us that through Jesus Christ, he wants an open-door policy. No appointments needed to see this Father. 24-7 availability. Aren't you glad about that, that you don't have to make an appointment? Can you imagine, in some cases, trying to get to talk to God was like seeing your family doctor sometimes? There a little while ago, I needed an appointment right away. I was, wasn't feeling good. Two weeks down the road, I thought, well, I can either be dead or healed, which I would prefer, before I get to see my doctor. But it was two weeks. But you can see God right this moment. Right, matter of fact, right now, if you want an appointment with God, you don't even have to call the secretary. You just say, Lord, I just want to talk to you. And he's available. Isn't that great? I'm so glad that God wants a relationship with me. Isn't it amazing, though, that even though we have such an invitation for every one of us, if we are not careful, we begin to build our own self-made walls that keep us from an, such an intimate relationship. And we need this relationship. It's such a great relationship. As someone said, we, we live on the promises of God, not explanations. We, we shouldn't spend too much time asking why about some things, but instead we should be asking God what? What am I supposed to do, Lord? Uh, well, the answer is that you return to the Lord. That, that's the answer. While God is near, he is also in heaven. In fact, he's the owner. He made it. I, I really didn't know at first that such a God with such authority wanted me close, wanted me to be his friend. And I know we live in a day and age where not everyone rejoices on Father's Day. And as someone said, Dennis Rainey, a matter of fact, his name was, one of the greatest challenges any boy could endure is trying to become a man without a father to show him how. How can a boy know what it's like to behave as a man, love like a man, and be a man in the battle if the main man in his life has abandoned him? Aren't you glad that this father will never, ever abandon you? Aren't you glad about that? There, there's a truth dealing with the relationship that the Lord dropped in my heart some time ago uh, so this is my quote. I finally have a quote I can put my initials after. It's, it's not that astounding, by the way. But here it is. I'll put it on the screen. Uh, yeah. A man, this is what I felt. I felt like sharing this for Father's Day. A man doesn't lead his home effectively from a position of authority, but a position of relationship. Yes, a dad has authority in his house. I mean, I thought of my dad as the, the boss when I, was, when, I was, when, when I was a kid, and I listened to the boss. Because he had a leather belt. Do not anybody give his name out because I don't want him charged with abuse. Uh, but that was when it was, was okay to spank your children. And, and I deserved a few, I tell you that. But anyway. But a, a man doesn't lead his home effectively from a position of authority. Because there's at a point, even as a child in a family, when a child don't care about authority anymore. I'm old enough now. I don't have to listen to you. 
But you know what? When, you have, when there's a relationship, and this is how God works with us. He builds a relationship with us, even though he's the all-powerful creator. And when an earthly father leads that way, I know there's sometimes when a dad's got to say, uh, why you ask me? Because I said so. <laughs> Anybody ever hear that from your parents? Because I said so. You know, sometimes that's the way it is. But, you know, when an earthly father leads from a position of relationship, he's becoming more like his heavenly father. So fathers, it's never too late to start. might be more difficult if your family is older, but it's never too late to start leading your family from a relationship. Number two, my father created me for a purpose. The words are, may your name be kept holy. God's primary purpose for us is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's part of the apostolic creed. How is that done on earth, in your life and in my life? Well, the most fulfillment in life is when we're using our gifts, our abilities, in a way that brings honor to God. I, I grew up in a society, and I grew up in, in church for for most part, um, where, you know, to, to bring glory to God, you had to be... I don't know if the words was ever said, but kind of like you had to be a pastor. Um, I mean, if you ever went away to college to study theology, it's because you're going to be a pastor. You didn't go for any other reason. I have found out since God created me for more than one purpose. And I found out there's a lot of people that never get beyond a podium that are, that are great examples and influencers of people when it comes to to follow God. And, and we were created for, the, for God's glory. In Isaiah, uh, uh, the Lord says, uh, and the prophet says, uh, bring my sons and my daughters from the ends of the earth. That's in Isaiah 43. He said, because I've called them by my name. I've created them for my glory. I formed them. I made them. What You all have gil, uh, uh, gifts and abilities. And you're to bring glory to God with those gifts and abilities. And, and that's the way Jesus lived while he was on earth. Even his sacrifice for us on that cross was for God's glory. See, you and I are not just some accident. No matter how you came into this world, you might say, well, you know, I was born outside of marriage. and I, God created you for a purpose. You're not an accident. And the devil would try to, to ruin your destiny by whispering those lies in your ears. You are not an accident. Your heavenly Father created you for a purpose. And you have gifts. You have talents. You know, one of the most practical things that I found in Scripture, and I'm not going to spend time on this, but is in Acts chapter 9, and, and the disciples were gathered around. There was people grieving, and they were showing this, this clothing. Look, this is the practical thing about the Scripture. They were showing this clothing that this woman had made. Her name was Dorcas. And they were, they, they, she had used what she had, making clothes, to help people out. And she had died. And, and of course, I'm not going to go into what, what happened, because it's a good story, but... She used what she could to help others. And they recognize that. Look what she's made, and now she's gone. Use your gifts. Bring glory to God. We have such a high calling. And the devil tries to get us to live below that calling every day of our lives. Not only do we need to remember that for ourselves, but we need to teach our children the same. Encourage them. Remind them that they were created for a purpose. Thirdly, my father is the king. In just a moment, I'm going to show you a video, but first I just want to just say a few things. May, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does you, you ever, when you're a kid, uh, my father is this, what does your father do? Well, mine is a king. So is yours. He has a kingdom that will never be brought down 
or come to an end. That's who my father is. When we say your kingdom come, we're, we're saying he's the ruler, he's in charge. We learn to surrender. And years ago when in the war in wars before there were laser-guided missiles and drones, uh, when a king sur surrendered, he would take his sword and pass it by the handle to the one who was victorious. An act of surrender, an act of submission. Same in the old Western movies. Uh, someone would take their gun out of their ulster and pass it, handle first to the one that, who was the winner. It's good to keep this in mind when we pray that your will be done. To realize we're accepting his rule in our lives. We are surrendering to him. He, he is not a king. He is the king. And of course, if my father and yours is a king, then we have an inheritance. The Bible tells us that in Colossians 1.12. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. I found an old video clip. And, you know, I would say many of you have already seen this from an old preacher years ago. He's gone to be with the Lord now. And he just went on and on with this thing. About, this is about three minutes, by the way. That's my king. And I just want to show that. And then we'll, then we'll continue on. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. Turn it up a little. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-trained of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is right. I would just to describe him for you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your 
mind. You see, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. If you are not serving Jesus today, this king wants to be your father also. So fathers, we need to teach our children, you know, the, by the way we live, who's our king. In every season of life, we need to teach our kids this. Number four, my father will provide for me. Give us today the food we need. I, I would say that most of us here would not be able to say, oh, well, I really do not have any needs Ever. When we honest, when we are honest, we realize how seriously fragile and needy we we are. A couple of weeks ago, if you were at the church on a Sunday night, uh, the Pastor Bruce had Gracia Burnham here, the lady who had been kidnapped by Muslim militants in the Philippines uh, a few years ago, and her husband had died in the rescue. And I was just just perusing them about one of her books and I was just perusing it there a couple of days ago and I saw this quote and I thought it might be good for somebody here today and I got it on the screen but I'll read it it says how do we manage and this could be for somebody right here today how do we manage when life spins out of control in a single day what do we do when all of our plans and goals are put on hold. When everything we had intended to do and see and accomplish gets swept aside and we don't know if we'll ever get back to familiar ground. How do we keep our sanity? How do we avoid sleeping, slipping into a personal canyon of despair? The way of wisdom is going forward. The way of wisdom in going forward, I believe, is to keep walking with Jesus. He knows the road when we don't. End of quote. Good quote. If you bought that book, uh, I'd encourage you to get that, print it somewhere, and put it where you can grab it and look at it. Uh, every time you're struggling, look at that, because the truth is there. Keep walking with Jesus. He knows the road, even if you don't. I am so glad my Father's provided and will provide for me and for you. Uh, you notice it says, give us today. We're not told to pray for everything we will need the rest of our lives, but only for today. That's the way Jesus taught. Pray for today that your needs will be looked after. See, this all fits with relationship again. The Father wants us to come to him daily. He promised to supply the needs daily that we have, uh, we have a need of. Our Father has provision of us, and many times we just don't tap into it. What a Father he is. He promises to provide and is so willing to supply our needs. And an earthly Father is to do the same for his children. Number five, my Father forgives me and forgive us our sins as we have forgotten those who sin against us. God knows that even those that love him and serve him will need forgiveness, will need mercy and grace. Psalm 103 in verse 14 says, for, for he knows how weak we are. He remember, remembers we are only dust. Now, I know people can take that as a license or freedom to do as they please, but Paul dealt with that in Romans 6. He says, uh, well, then, since God's grace has set us free from the law of the do's and don'ts, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. It is a motivation to do right, to please him. 
but also such a freedom to know that when I, whatever, when I do sin, when I come to Jesus, in, uh, come in Jesus' name, my Father will forgive me regardless of what I've done. Are you glad our Father doesn't hold a grudge against us? Man, what a mess some of us would be in. All of us would be in if he held grudges again. And every time we came to him, he says, well, you know what? You're asking me to forgive you, but three years ago you did that. And I haven't forgot that yet. So, like, I, I'm not sure if I can forgive you or not. When, when we truly understand how much he loves us and will forgive us, it changes our lives. I, I have found that I have found that it is, it is much more... Uh, incentive if I, if I need it to serve the Lord knowing that he loves me and he forgives me un, and loves me unconditionally than, than saying you know what uh, you, God is there with a big stick just waiting if you do wrong you're, you're done you're done for God loves us God he, he cares so much about us so father I, uh, fathers today I'm saying be quick to forgive your children and one thing I also learned as a dad is and it, it took some doing but not to be too proud to ask your kids to forgive you when you knew you either jumped the gun, what you did or what you said to them, and say, would you forgive me? I think it does wonders for kids. It, it humbles you uh, because, you know what, you're starting to deal with them, them from relationship, not authority. You know, you ask, for, look, son, forgive me, or daughter, forgive me. I, I shouldn't have said that. I, I, I didn't think I shouldn't have said that. Number six, my father gives me direction. And don't let us yield to temptation, or more. my paraphrase of that is, don't let us be led into temptation. That prayer now changes from our relationship with our Father to our engaging the world around us. This part of the prayer is asking for direction as we live at our Father's will on a daily basis. And maybe because I'm weaker than you, or I need this every day in every situation. Someone said, the trials and temptations in our world are not like a battle they are a battle one that we fight every day so prepare be prepared for it and talk to your father about the battle strategy best time best way to start a day is say lord i have no idea what's going to happen today so far it's been a good day maybe you're still in bed so that's why it's been so good but lord so would you just be help, would be with me and help me realize your presence with me and give me direction when i when i'm dealing with people or situations that i really don't know what to do and inside i got some things i would do that i shouldn't so help me lord you know jesus would have never prayed that way and instructed us if god didn't intend to give us direction psalm 20:24 20, the lord directs our steps so why try to understand everything along the way? Psalm 32 and 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you, advise you and watch over you. Our Father promises to give us direction, and knowing and obeying the word, of course, gives us most of what we need for direction on the earth. So fathers, we need to give our children direction, whether they're younger Older, you, you find out if you've got a relationship with them, they will ask for direction even as they get older sometimes. Number seven, my father gives me protection. But rescue us from the evil one. Peter knew the truth of needing deliverance from the evil one. He wrote this warning for us in 1 Peter 5. He says in verse 8, stay alert, be on guard, watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he's going around. He prowls around, and he, he describes what he's like. He says, like, he's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I'm so glad that I have a father who is looking for, 
out for me. I, I can remember, and I have one this one memory that I've never forgotten, uh, but I remember when I was a little boy, about five years old. That was a long time ago. And I can remember we lived in the northern part of the country. We lived on, uh, in Labrador. And I can remember, we, of course, you walked to school. And I, that was, back then, dog teams would go on the main street. <laughs> so that's how far back. Some of you can't even remember. What, what is a dog team? That's a, a, team, a team of dogs that pull a sled. Okay, now we got it all right. See, I, I can explain some words too. Um, so you know something now. Um, and I can remember it was so stormy. We were at school, of course, five years old. I was just in very first year of school, and uh, I didn't know how we were going to get home, my, my sister and I, because it was so stormy, and we just walked back and forth, there's no buses, and we lived right down the other end of the, the main main drag, and uh, you couldn't see nothing, it was one of those blizzards that it was just unbelievable, and my dad walked to the school, and the wind was whipping so hard, though, you couldn't even walk into it, because it, you know, when you walk in the snow, and it's so hard, it, it hurts your face. But that's what it's like. So he, had, he let us turn around and walk backwards. So he had to walk slower and held onto our hands as, we, as he led us home in the storm. That reminds me so much about God, how God works, and how our Heavenly Father will lead us. Uh, he will intervene in our everyday living if we ask him to lead us into what is right, rescue us from that evil one. Because the evil one is out to destroy your house, mine, our joy, our very souls. But we have a Father that we can petition for help. Psalm 34 says, A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord, the Lord delivers him from them all. Fathers, do whatever you can in this evil day in which we live to protect your family to the best of your ability. My days for that are kind of over, but I thought they were, but now I have two grandsons. We're always asking Poppy for something. And I, I, and I need to know how to respond in a godly way. Our Father has given us a glimpse of how he wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives on this earth. The title says, Things I Didn't Know About My Father. I have a better understanding of my father right now. He is so much easier to trust, even when I don't understand everything that is occurring around me. And if we really believe, and if we really apply these things just from the Lord's Prayer to everyday living, we will be more confident in our Heavenly Father than ever before. All these things, of course, that I've mentioned, if you're a dad or a grandfather, can make you a great earthly father or grandfather. I, I it was just yesterday, so I didn't get this, get it on my slides, but I, uh, I want to read it to you, this quote uh, that I found. And it says, fathers, you cannot deposit faith into your children. You can only demonstrate faith to them. Let me say that one more time. Fathers, you cannot deposit faith into your children. You can only demonstrate faith to them. And I know that earthly fathers, even if they're the best, can fail us sometimes and let us down even unintentionally, our Heavenly Father promises to stick with us. And our kids and grandkids, people around us, need to see faith demonstrated in every dad's life, in all of our lives. People that are watching needs to see, need to see faith demonstrated. Because we can't take a person who we want to see get saved and just pour faith into them and that's, okay, that's taken care of. They see it demonstrated in our lives and then want what we have. That's the only way to live. 
this is the kind of father I want to serve. And I want to rely heavily on every day in my life's journey. And I, and I trust and hope you will also. You will not be sorry. So just quickly recapping. But our Heavenly Father, he wants a relationship with us. Fathers, have a relationship with your children. Just don't expect mom to raise them or look after them at home. Have a relationship with your children. Even if it means, you know, once, uh, once a, a, a week or once a month, taking one kid at a time out for breakfast or out for lunch or something. Do something with them. Build a relationship with them. Give them encouragement. Let them know you have a purpose. God's got a purpose for your life. Whether it's digging ditches or being an engineer, whatever it is, you have a purpose. You have some gifts that God can use and you have things you can do. Teach them that they're who's in charge of their lives. The king is in charge of their lives. Teach and provide for them, just like the Heavenly Father. He gives provision for us. Forgiveness. Be quick to forgive. Show them that. Give them direction. Give them protection. Let me say that quote once more. Fathers, everyone, this is good for everyone. Believers here this morning, we cannot deposit faith into other people. We can only demonstrate faith to them. And may we all, not only dads, but every one of us here today, live to please our Heavenly Father who cares about us in such a deep and intimate way. Let us pray. Bow your heads just for a moment. I want to pray for the dads here in just a moment, but if you're here and you do not know the Lord as your personal Savior, I, this, this father I've talked about, this king that we heard the guy just going on and on about descriptive word, he couldn't find enough words to describe. That's the, that's the one that wants a relationship with you today. And uh, I, I would encourage you to just give your life to him and say, Jesus, just take over my life. Forgive me. And I, I don't know how to live. I don't even know how to do this. Would you just help me? Or as a, as a believer, you're saying, look, and maybe I'll speak specifically to fathers this morning. Uh, as a father, I, I've really messed up. I, I, I lose it with my kids over and over and over. I need some help. The Lord wants to give you that help. The Lord wants you to help you be a, a good dad. If you say, well, my kids are growing up now. Well, you know, it, it's never too late for you to change and, and to demonstrate uh, how they should live. And uh, so I, I would encourage you this morning just to talk to the Lord and, and, and appreciate your Heavenly Father's Day on Father's Day. And you say, well, I didn't have a good, good, uh, good upbringing. Then there is a Father who cares about you and loves you just as much as the, one, the ones that had the best dad, as far as they figure, in the world. This Father will never let you down. He'll never forsake you. Father, you know every single person here. And specifically the dads today, Lord. Maybe there are some dads here that they don't have fond memories of their father. It was kind of dysfunctional. Or their dad is gone and they, they, they grieve that and they miss their dad. I pray, Lord, blessings upon each one of them because you're the Heavenly Father that will never abandon them. You care about every one of us here today. You love each one of us. And, Lord, I just pray you'll just minister by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray for the people that are going to be getting, families are going to be getting together with the dads today or talking to their dads on the phone like I did already this morning. But I, I just pray, Lord Father, that it'll be a positive thing. And if there's some if there's some things that have gone wrong, they'll ask for forgiveness. They'll humble themselves and, and, and not argue, but say, I'm sorry. Lord, I just pray that somehow all of us will demonstrate faith and how it works in every aspect of our lives. 
Lord, bless this church, bless this people, minister to each one, and we pray you'll just give each one a good day today. In Jesus' name, amen.